hello and welcome to the Scottish clans and welcome back for part two of our discussion about uh, clans territory versus the chief's possessions, the chief's property, as they are not always the same thing. And this can hang you up if you're looking at a map of the Scottish clans, you can start getting misconceptions. I struggled with those misconceptions for a lot of years. I was under a false concept of how clans worked, how they were laid out. What would I find if I was to travel back in time and wander through that land? Now, I still don't, I still have a very patchy understanding of that. And I will until that becomes a reality of being able to go back in time and do that. But but uh, I'm less mistaken now than I was then. And I'm going to help you bounce forward in your understanding. You can, I can save you a ton of time and you don't have to be under that misconception for the same amount of time that I was. Before I do that, a little quick shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions on YouTube, usakilts.com at the storefront. That's where I've got, I've got two kilts, both from USA Kilts. They're awesome. I love wearing them and I love showing my, my pride in my Scottish heritage. And so if you have any desire to do that with a kilt or with a a very numerous number of other articles that you could put on your body to show that ancestral pride, go to usakilts.com. Quality is exceptional. The customer service is first rate, free shipping in the U.S. Go check them out at usakilts.com and check out their YouTube channel at USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. They've got a lot of really good content on there. All right, back into this. So just some of my other thoughts. And guys, this is really almost like a stream of thought um, that... When I just trying to making notes, like what's everything that I I messed up on or I didn't understand when it comes to Celtic or Scottish clan territory versus the chief's property, and and maybe a good spinoff episode from this would be the concept of duchus, where you have there's a lot that's it takes a lot longer in English to express the idea that is express that. That is that one word of duchas. We don't have one word in English that is the same as that. It takes us like a paragraph. But maybe you can simplify it too. It's not, it's not just the land that this kindred inherits, but it's the heritage that's been passed down and woven through the landscape. So the landscape is inseparable to the heritage in this. I don't know how many exact generations it took. Maybe there, if some of you know that out there, how long did a kindred have to be in an area before the concept of duochus is starting to take hold and they're feeling like, you know what, this is, this is our territory. Now, I'm here to tell you that, I mean, if, if you're, let's pretend your parents moved there as teenagers and it just came into the possession of the clan and so, so some of the clan are going to branch out, follow this younger son of the chief that became in control of this area and you're moving there with them and your parents are the first generation to move in as teenagers and then they marry whoever and they have you and you're born on that land and that's all you ever know growing up because this this actually gets me down a train of thought it's a little bit of a tangent but just bear with me because I've, I've looked at the history of the british isles and all the invasions that have happened but how long does it take really for one group of people to feel like this is my home. You know, we talk about the Romans coming in to, to Britain and they stayed for like 350 years. Many, many branches of my family tree have not been in the United States that long. And, and, and I'm not saying every family in Rome, but some of the families would have been in place for a while. 
But really, all it would take is one generation. You have one generation that's raised up, and that's all they know is that place in Britain, wherever their family settled, and their fa- family, maybe their family's Italians, maybe their auxiliary troops that have moved in from Germania or somewhere else in the Roman Empire, and they'll be stationed somewhere in Britain. And But that next generation, that's all they know. That's home. So I don't know, guys. How long does it take for a clan to establish duchos in an area? That's a, that'd be a, I'd love for somebody to post that. And if you know the answer to that, you're definitely on my radar as somebody that needs to be a part of this group of, and part of this conversation as we, as we learn about the Scottish clans. Um, now, let, let's look at this from an opposite perspective. Okay, that was, thank you for being patient with my short tangent there. The opposite perspective. The chief didn't necessarily own the lands that his clan was on. Or he might own it in the heartland of the clan, but he might have branches of the clan established in other places that his members of his clan live on, and they're actually established there. But, but they don't. That's that's under the. They don't actually own the land that they're on. They're tenants of another landowner in that position. And we can go back to the McGregors and Glen Lyon. So that was a branch of the clan. That's, that's established there. In fact, if I understood Martin McGregor's thesis well or thoroughly or correctly, the McGregor's almost acted like a spearhead for Campbell acquisition of territory. The McGregor's were a, a very powerful military force. And you don't see this by looking at the map, this clan map of Scotland. The McGregor's, they don't, definitely there's not a big chunk of territory on that clan map then that says McGregor. There's a tiny little thing that says McGregor. And then you see the McGregor just pop up in black over in Glenline and in Glengyle. And it doesn't pop up in Rannochmore, but that happened in Rannochmore too. Maybe they should should have been on there. They would go and occupy by force. And then not very long later, you would see legal title go to the Campbells. They're almost before the Campbells of um, Glen Orkey ran an extermination campaign on the on the McGregors. They're actually working in tandem with each other. Definitely as the Campbells being the senior or the superior in that relationship, but the McGregors serving their function. Well okay, so your your duachas for a clan McGregor or Clan Gregor is in Glen Stray. But now you have different kindreds pushing out and occupying other lands, but they're not the landowners there. So you're the chief of the McGregors, and you got your little core territory in Glenstray, but you've also guys got over in Rannochmore. You've got guys over in Glengyle and in Glen Lyon. And so you're their chief. They still acknowledge you as chief, and, and there is very good evidence that these people in these different branched out areas still recognized their chief as the chief, the, the McGregor of Glen Stray, but it, isn't this an interesting situation? This is how it gets messy. So they they have a chief, but they their chief and their landlord aren't the same person. So if you are a McFarlane living in in somewhere in the vicinity of Erecher or on the northwest shore of Loch Lomond somewhere, you lived your your landlord and your clan chief were the same person. But if you were a McGregor of Glen Lyon, that wasn't the case. So isn't that an interesting, and it's messy, guys, it's messy. And that's how it was. So everything wasn't, um, if you just look at these maps and you don't know the background or the deep, you don't dig a little deeper, you get this very simplified view 
of how the clans and kindreds of Scotland were organized throughout. Um, let me just throw a shout out there in a little bit more depth this time to my sponsor, USA Kilts. Guys, really, I've been so pleased with the products that I've had from them. I've got two kilts. One's on the nicer kilts, the five-yard wool kilt, and the other one's the the um, casual kilt is what it's called. And I wear the heck. This last summer, I have I put some miles on that casual kilt. And it's super easy. The casual kilt actually just Velcros on. It's not, it's not a big process. It's not buckles and all that stuff. Um, so I'm going to go for a, get my dog some exercise on the hills near where I live. So I'm just going to just it's super quick, change out kilts and I'm going to hit, throw my hiking boots on and we're going to, we're going to cover some ground and it's nice because the casual kilt, I don't got to worry. I'm not as concerned about it getting dirty or catching on a branch or something like that while I'm out running around in the boonies. My, my nice kilt is exactly that. It's a nice kilt, guys. It feels good. I'm not a kilt connoisseur. These are the only two kilts I've ever owned or worn. But I know good quality clothes when I put them on. And that nice, nice kilt's a nice kilt. So they're both good for what they're for. The, the guys, the, everything else I have from them is good quality. So I recommend them to you. Go out there and and uh, if you got want to get anything that to show off your, your Scottish heritage, please go to usakilts.com. Or if you want got any questions now that you've acquired some of that, like maybe you just bought yourself a kilt, maybe you uh, bought yourself some other type of clothing or, or something from them and you want to know how how does this go? Like what's what kind of foot gear do I wear with kilts that's okay with the shirt that I'm wearing and how do I tie it all together and how high am I supposed to wear this? How do I measure for a kilt? Man, every single question that you can ever think of asking, they've got covered on USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions on YouTube. And then they've got some history and some culture stuff. So go on there and check them out. I really recommend them. Their, their uh, customer service is awesome. Free shipping inside the US, usakilts.com and USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions on YouTube. Here's another thing that makes it even messier. And this is my last point. Sometimes a, a branch clan adopted a different name. So they're still residing on the parent, the parent clan chief's lands, but they look different, especially if you're looking at one of these maps, because they operate by a different name. An example, you have, um, let's go back to the McDonald's, because they, they, they're such a big clan, but they exemplify a lot of these principles we're talking about. So you have Ardnamurchan. It's a peninsula that pu pushes west out into the the Pacific Ocean. Uh, but it, I mean, there's isles to the west of it. But the 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 peninsula known as Ardnamurchan, the branch of the McDonald's that settled there, they took their name after their 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 McDonald progenitor, but his name was John or Yoin, or what we've took in the English as Ian, and so they now they become the McIans of Ardnamurchan. So if you're looking at the map, it looks like something different. Now it's still the same McDonald color, okay, but it says, it doesn't say McDonald, it says McKeon of Ardnamurchan, or just McKeon. And so it looks like there's a different clan there. It's not a different clan. It, they, the McKeons of Ardnamurchan were McDonald's. Uh, the McAllisters of Loop, they were McDonald's. The MacArthur's of Strachan, they were Campbell's. The McDougal's of Craig Nish, they were Campbell's. They just there was some prominent ancestor of theirs who was a Campbell, but he was such a big deal that his descendants started taking their, calling themselves after him as his descendants. 
And so you have what looks like a different clan, but it's not, it's, they are still, they're still Campbell's. They're still McDonald's. They're still whatever other um, example you can think of. They, but they have used a different surname. So not everybody in the same clan uses the same surname. Isn't that tricky though? Isn't that tricky? Now I have a, a cool experience from this um, just today. Just today I uh, was teaching and one of my students, her last name is McDowell. Well, I happen to know of three different kindreds and not necessarily related to each other at all who, who could use the, the last name McDowell because all you're saying is son of Dougal, but they tend to breathe past that G in the middle in Gallic. And if you know, you can look up the Gallic language notes on YouTube to Outlander and the, the Gallic language coach. And they go through some of the different names on there that how they would sound. And so you have Dougal McKenzie, but in Gallic, he would say like dual. That's, that's how it would sound more. I'm just going by this as my authority, this is my source, right? And, but, but when you, in Gallic, when you show possession, that D at the beginning of Dougal or dual, that H drops next to it. When you show possession, that's called the genitive case. And now it takes that D sound of a D and it transfers it more to like a guttural G, like H. But when it gets, when you had that hard C at the end of Mac, it kind of, that kind of gobbles that up. And so it sounds more like McCool. But McDowell, without the C's, you're missing that G, that hard G sound in the middle. That's actually phonetically closer to the, the way that McDougal would sound in Gaelic. Okay, so you've got the McDowells of Southwest Scotland down in Galloway. And, but they're the, the sons of Dougal. But then you have the McDougals of Lorne up in Lorne, up in, in uh, the northwest part of Argyle. And there have been McDougals for a long time. And they are, but in Gaelic, that might sound closer to McDowell. And, and especially when some of those people may have joined the English speaking world, that name would have been transferred into something more like McDowell. And, and uh, anyway, so you have them. The McDougals of Lorne that were part of the McSorley kindred. But then also you have the McDougals, like I just mentioned, of Craig Nish. And so now you have three separate kindreds, not necessarily related to each other by descent. And like so which and so in this student I said, so where specifically? Do you know where specifically in Scotland your ancestors are from? And we have this app in the Church of Jesus Christ called Family Tree. And she gets on her phone and she starts looking it up and she went back to Garthland. Well, that's in Southwest Scotland. That's in, so we would know specifically, and, and, and we talk about that a lot on here, like, okay, so, so your last name's Wilson. And yep, if you look it up on some clan website, whatever, it's going to say you're accepted to the guns, except for there were Wilsons all over Scotland. Some of them were connected to the guns. Many of them were not. This is the good example. She tied it right back in. Boom. She knows exactly which McDowell kindred her ancestors were from. And she can, so she can have a, a right into where the McDowells had uh, of the ones down in Galloway. And that wasn't their style, but the, of how they, the chief styled themselves. But anyway, you get the point. So that was cool. It was, it was this, some of these things that we're talking about in action, in, in real life, and some of that had a good answer. So anyway, uh, guys, I'm just trying to, I know that maybe that may have like, you're, you're probably, you, you might be sitting there thinking, gosh, I'm, I'm more confused on this than I was before, but at least you're seeing it through more correct eyes. And that, that's my, that's my effort here. 
because what we did, if you were looking at it in the simplistic form before, it's not, it's not just more simplistic. It's just actually false. If you look at the uh, Macintosh territory, not everybody who lived in that area on Scotland of Old's map that's colored in and has the Macintosh name on it, not everybody that lived there was a Macintosh. And the Macintoshes may have owned lands that not very many Macintoshes lived on. It was actually main, mainly occupied by a completely different clan. And so I, I just want you to know that and, and you're aware of it. And now you know what you just did because we've had this conversation. You just, in your journey, you just skip past years of misconceptions that I was stuck in. And I'm looking at my lap and I'm like, oh, I guess that's a bunch of McPhersons right there. And that's a, wow, there's a lot of Mackenzies because look at their territory. And of, of course it was occupied by Mackenzie. And man, that's a big piece of the Scottish map. That's a lot of Mackenzies. Well, you know, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. So anyway, just wanted to maybe open your eyes to some of the realities and the untidiness of the world that is the Scottish clans. It's untidy, guys. We'd like to make it in little boxes and everything with our nice tight little lines between everything like it looks like on a clan map, but it wasn't that tidy. And then all they ha all you have to do with that clan map is go forward 100 years and m most of what you're looking at is irrelevant. <laughs> or if you go back before Robert the Bruce... It's a completely different map back then, too. And even after Robert the Bruce, it took a lot of evolving to get to what you're looking at when you are looking at a clan map of any kind. So I just wanted to throw that at you today. I hope, I hope you're not too confused, but I hope you're like, ah, maybe there's more to this than I originally thought. Anyway, anyways, guys, thanks for bearing with me today. Um, I appreciate you joining with me. I've got some good things cooking in the oven. I've got a, a, an online course. It's going to be very academic, very um, almost like a college course, guys. But it's good, but not an advanced level college course, like a like a lower level college course, but still college level nonetheless. And it's going to be on the origins of the Scottish clans. I'm excited to kick it out for you. Also, we have the um, if you guys want, I've got some visual aids. Come, I've got them ready for you. Actually, if you go to scottish-clans.com. You can, you can pick up a couple of things that I have ready for you on there. There's one of those things is the 1587 role of the clans. You can go on there and you can see this government document. That's not what the, the official government name for it. It's an act of parliament, 1587, something like that. Anyway, but what it does is it, it lists a bunch of the clans that were viewed as more loyal to their chiefs than to their feudal superiors and going clear up to the king. And the, the clan society was, um, clan system, I, I hate to use that word ever since I heard Martin McGregor re re express hesitance to use the word clan system. It implies uniformity where there was not any. But you get the idea, the kin-based society. But who did the government in 1587 view as being clans? Well, there were a bunch of Highlanders, Highland names that you would recognize from the Highlands on there. There's a bunch of groups down on the borders with, with England that in the eyes of the government were pretty much the same thing as the guys up in the highlands. They didn't speak the same language, but they were organized really similar, operated similar. Um, so they're on there too, but which names were left off that list? And does that mean they're not clans because they're not on the list? I'm going to leave you to work on that. But if you want a PDF of that, go to scottish-clans.com forward slash 1587, and, well, why would you go and get that when you can just go get, uh, you can just go, 
Google it and just bring it up and you can just like you can go to electricscotland.com and just read it on there. Well, because if you have it in a PDF format, you can actually study it. Not just read it, you can study it. A PDF allows you to mark on it. You can include notes in it. You can look at the list and and you can oh, well, they didn't use this, I don't see this clan mentioned in this clan, and what does that mean, and why, why are they left off, or because they were viewed as loyal to the government, or because the government didn't view them as a clan, or, and you can, you can use this as a platform to jump forward. So I just thought it might be useful for you guys if you had it in a PDF format. And then I've also got on there, fast forward a couple hundred years, go to, well, not quite a couple hundred years, but 1724, General Wade, a British officer did, uh, he, he called it, it was his general wage report on the Highlands, 1724. And he starts breaking down the Highlands by kindreds. And he's saying, okay, these kindreds were involved in the last Jacobite rebellion. This, these group of clans are friendly to the, to the government, to the Hanovers. Here's how many, and he starts listing by clan, how many men each one can call up to battle. And that's, I think that's fascinating. And maybe a clan that was a big, huge deal in the early 1500s has now only got like 150 guys they can put on a battlefield. Whereas the, some of those clans on there is actually surprised how many people they could put on a battlefield. So, um, yeah, that's, I, I go, and the same, same reason why I think you, you could just Google that and and bring it up too easy. But if you actually want to study it, a PDF might be handy. So go on to um, scottish-clans.com forward slash Wade, as in general Wade. So go on there and you can get your free PDF of that. It's going to ask you for your email address, which might be handy in the future when I'm continuing to put out more and more of these free products. Because I've, guys, I've been doing this for a long time. I've had my own little pet projects, and I, I always like to visualize things. And so I've got different maps that I'm going to be working on and throwing them on there. And this is all going to be free content. The the online course I mentioned earlier is going to be is that's going to be uh, something that's going to cost a little money because it's going to put it's cost me some resources to put into it. So I'd like to get something back out of it. But I think it'll be worth it, whatever, whatever I put it out there for. I'm going to put it out at something like, yeah, I would totally do this, especially when you compare it to actually signing up and taking a college course and how much they're going to charge you. It's way less than that, but hopefully worth every penny of it. So there's just some things I'm working on, guys. I'm excited about it. I'm excited where I'm going with this. There's so much ground to cover, and I come up with new ideas like, oh, that'd be cool for this and that and all the time. If you want to get involved in a good discussion on Scottish clans, go over to our Facebook group called Scottish clans. Um, there's a Facebook page. I need to discontinue it. It's still up there, but maybe by the time you get into this, it won't confuse you and sidetrack you, but go to the group, not the page and get involved there. We've got some awesome discussions going on there. And if you want to reach out to me and recommend a, you want, you know, want or request a, me to do an episode on a certain clan, Go on there and on to, you can email me at thescottishclans at gmail.com. I'm working on a, an email that's connected to that web domain I just gave you, the scottish-clans.com, but I still haven't got that up and perfected yet. But feel free to reach out to me and on that Gmail, thescottishclans.com. And I'll tell you what, if you've got a request for me to do a clan that you're interested in, first of all, it's actually got to be a clan. Not every Scottish surname was a clan. I've had some requests that I have very respectfully and politely declined because I I don't see any evidence that they were actually a clan. But you know what will 
skyrocket your request to the top of the list is if you tell me, hey, I'm by the way, I have shared this with so many, such and such number of my friends. I have shared this on my social media. I have gone through all of your episodes or whatever. Um, if you show me that you've invested a little bit in this, I'm going to invest a little back in you. The last episode I did was on the cares, and that was on a listener who had, in, had clearly invested some effort in this, and I wanted to show my appreciation. So the cares jumped to the top of the list. Anyway, guys, that's all I got for you today. And until next time, Marshan Leavendrastek. <laughs>